0: You're listening to DraftKings Network. Who are these guys? It's my theme music. Every good hero should have some. This is an institution of learning, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't control it, how can you teach? Discipline is not the enemy of enthusiasm. This week on Journeyman, we talk about Nikola Jokic's personality, Mike Malone and LeBron James' villain story, and Michael Jordan's ownership tenure. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Journeyman Podcast, presented by the good folks at the DraftKings Network and Metal Media. I'm your host, as usual, seven-year NFL veteran, media extraordinaire, but not nearly as extraordinary as my guest, Amin Hassan. back here at the Journeyman Podcast. Amin is not here in studio like usual, so... We're going to have to find this chemistry. We got we to gotta ignite this magic from hundreds of thousands of miles. I don't know if it's hundreds of thousands of miles. We'll say thousands of miles away. I mean, what's up, number one? Number two, where the hell are you at?
1: It's about 3,000 and some change miles away. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm okay. on the West Coast. You could probably tell by my face. <laughs> this is the face of someone who woke up not too long ago. But it's good. I'm here. The energy will build, I promise.
0: All right. Well, we've been missing you for a couple of weeks because you've been – In Denver, as they won the NBA championship, and there's a lot to be said about that around everything that isn't basketball. But let's start with the basketball version first. Synopsis from you, Amin, what was it like uh, being in Denver as Denver won the NBA championship?
1: Um, You know, the the scene inside, I think, was very typical uh, of an NBA champion being crowned. I've been Been numerous times. Yeah, yeah. But when I went outside, it was like Mad Max. Like I wasn't prepared for that. Part. Really? It was, oh, my God. These people who all through the series, I, I kept saying the city of Denver, you wouldn't know there was an NBA Finals happening. There was no energy. There were no signage. People weren't walking around wearing merch. If it wasn't game day, the city of Denver felt very sleepy. And know, uh-huh. talking to locals, talking to Uber drivers and, and shopkeepers and stuff, everyone said the same thing. This town, number one, is about Broncos. Number two is a by Avalanche dip. And then number three is Rockies or Nuggets, whoever's doing better. Mm. And it felt like that in the arena was great. The atmosphere was always great. The game day was always great, but outside of the city of Denver, I felt like it was to say it was an afterthought. Might be. I'm thinking, Oh, this is cool. Cause I had to catch a flight to Miami. So I'm like, Oh, this is great. Get an Uber, head on over to the airport. Plenty of time went outside and it was chaos. People just <laughs> driving around, hanging out the window. Turn
0: up, Denver! Honking
1: horns. Even the people on the bicycles were were were, were irate, just <laughs> screaming, "Nuggets, go Nuggets!" And I'm like, "Where was this? Where was it like, at?" Damn near two weeks.
0: They didn't yeah. want their heart broken. That was the thing. They were waiting until it you know? was it was official. All right, so now let's get into the fun part, man, because the 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 star, uh, the Joker, Jokic, for the Denver Nuggets, he is a star like we have never seen before. I feel like. And I feel like everyone in their brain is trying to figure out, like, what the hell is it about this guy? I mean, we've heard our guy Dan Lebetard say if this was an American player, he would be a superstar. So it's like, is it because he's a foreign-born player? Is it because the position he plays? Is it because the way he plays there's no flair? And I feel like I figured it out. I mean, And I don't know if you have any Mm -hmm. insight here to add to this, but I tweeted out that I think what we're seeing from Nikola Jokic – is that he has offensive lineman swag? Do you know what that means?
1: <laughs> I, I I can guess, but yeah. please, for the folks at home, please let explain. me let me
0: let me walk you through this. This is the problem. He has the swag, which is actually no swag, of an offensive lineman, and I feel like everybody's brain is like spontaneously combusting because they couldn't diagnose it. But here's what an NFL offensive lineman is like. They Don't give a damn about anything that you would expect a millionaire, multi millionaire athlete to care about. They don't care what they wear at any point of any given day that checks out with Jokic. He is not a sweat. He is not walking into the game like, yo, make sure I'm on League Fits. He doesn't know what League Fits is. He does not give a damn what League Fits is. They think jewelry are just stupid, expensive toys. He puts no stock in them. He doesn't care if he has a bust down on. He's not trying to be chained out. He is not He is not he has no idea who NBA young boy is and he doesn't care who NBA young boy is. That is the name of the rookie hazing program for the Nuggets in his mind. <laughs> he has like a self-deprecating like personality. So where people think it's just him being too cool for school, what it really is is he has that personality of like you won't like me anyway, so why would you even try? Offensive lineman? they all feel like they are the bottom of the totem pole. The receivers get all the swag and the praise. The running backs, the quarterbacks, defenders, kickers are more popular than offensive linemen. You don't really know any offensive linemen who get national endorsements. They all endorse used car dealerships back in their hometown. The only people that appreciate offensive linemen is their local sports market. There is no, like, and I know this because... One of my best friends ever is Joe Thomas. He's one of the greatest offensive linemen in NFL history. And nobody gives a damn. And he knows that. He's going into the Hall of Fame this year. Locally, they love him. But outside of Cleveland, they don't give a damn about Joe Thomas or how dominant or great he is. And that is Jokic's swag. And so for us being pointed in that direction as fans, we are, like, struggling to care. And consequently... He has that same personality towards the fans like I know you don't care about me so I don't care about you. I mean the floor is yours.
1: First of all, I love that idea of Joe Thomas being able to go to like Olive Garden and know nobody
0: knows he's just the, nobody, you're just the biggest just big white guy. dude you've ever seen. That's, they, they don't yeah. like, they're not assuming he plays in the NBA. they're not like, no. you know it's just like, well, you're a really tall guy.
1: This guy is a Hall of Fame athlete, but everyone looks at him and says, of course, free breadsticks, free refills on the breadsticks and the salad. Of course, this guy is here. Um, Similarly, I love the idea of asking Jokic who NBA Youngboy is, and he said, Christian Brown and Peyton Watson, my two rookies, my NBA Youngboys.
0: NBA (laughs) Youngboy. The
1: weird thing about the NFL is I kind of feel like the different personality types are very positionally driven mm-hmm. it's almost functional right wide receiver you got to be kind of outlandish and, and egotistical right otherwise how can they convince you to go across the middle <laughs> quarterback you have to be mature why because how else am I gonna you know convince all these guys that I know what I'm doing yep when things are going wrong an offensive lineman you have to be understated and low-key why yep. because my job is just to make sure everybody else do the, does all the flashy thing so it makes sense with Jokic, I don't know why uh, his personality is the way it is, but I 100% agree with you. This is not about a foreign-born player. If it was Luka Doncic, we'd be talking about him all day, yep. as we have in the past yep. with far less accomplishments, mm-hmm. far less achievements. Giannis Antetokounmpo is, I believe, a national and international superstar. Yep. He's got ads that they won't stop showing him and Drewski and yep. the guy from Shang-Chi and but the 10 rings. Like, they, yeah. They, they, <laughs> They show him every five seconds. So it's like clearly that's not getting in the way. Joel Embiid is another guy who has a personality and that people love and talk about all the time. So I don't think it has anything to do with if Jokic were Nick Johnson instead of Nikola Jokic. I think it would be the same the same situation. If his personality is what it is, then it's hard to market. And people say, why is it any more ads? 'Cause he doesn't want to do ads.
0: He doesn't want to why isn't do he it.
1: on billboards? Cause he won't show up to photo shoots to do the, <laughs> the to do the thing. Nike made a commercial for him after they won, and it was all like clips because they didn't have any footage of him in a at a at a shoot or in a studio.
0: <laughs> footage not available. Because he
1: wouldn't show up. So I think all of these things are, are factored in. Now I I myself have said that he does the game a disservice at the highest moment winning a championship by continuing this shtick i th- i think whatever you do in a regular season whatever man like i could say you're supposed to sell the game as a superstar but i get mm-hmm. it you play in denver nobody cares right it's not like he plays for the lakers or new york or somewhere where being having a media presence is way more important not only to
0: yourself but to the league to the league right
1: but once you win a championship you can't
0: Whose responsibility is yeah, Oh, I is
1: don't it? know where my finals MVP trophy is. Like, Wh-
0: whose responsibility is it? Is it our responsibility to give him more, to, to push him more in that light, or it is it his responsibility to step into it? Because I was even trying to think, other NBA stars with offensive linemen swag. And I would say Tim Duncan. Kawhi Leonard Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, Leonard has offensive linemen swag. And he was a hard, he's a, he's a hard star to put in the forefront. Mm-hmm. Tim Duncan is that way. So it's just like you need an accumulation of so much accolades that we don't care. Kind of like Tim Duncan. I, it's like, oh, you're just so good, I, I, we don't mind. You are who you are.
1: I think the difference is when Tim Duncan did it, he was like one person among so many, and the game really didn't have as big of a need
0: for a, saw, for a salesmanship, star. Yep.
1: Particularly because there were other legitimately peer-level great players at the same time. Mm-hmm. Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, et cetera, right? But I think where the game is now, where we're losing eyeballs, we're losing the interest of
0: losing uh, recipes, kids, kids, man.
1: We're losing recipes. Shout out to <laughs> to, the, to the great one, Michael Irvin, right? <laughs> the The need to sell the game is greater than it's ever been right now because everyone's attention span is so fractured that we can't afford to have the greatest in the game be like, ah, eh, whatever. He said, "I lost the Finals MVP trophy." That's not a cute little anecdote. That mm. is a subliminal message that this is something none of us should care about. Why do you guys care about the NBA championship? Why do you guys care about, dude? We're selling this thing. You can't tell the consumer why do you want to <laughs> buy this. It's such a imagine a, you, a car a salesman saying, "Why do you want to drive a, a Toyota, man? Like, what's what's so big about gas mileage? Uh, like, just walk or whatever." Dude, you're you're counteracting what we're trying to do here, and yeah. the the fear is for me. Mm. Is you when other Send up to and coming stars mean. see this dude not having to do any of the stuff, you don't have to show up for the shoot, you don't have to do any of the any of the work, so uh-huh. to speak, that's outside of basketball. Why can't I do that? So then you get more and more people doing this, but still expecting the salaries to go up, still expecting
0: mm. the you know
1: all the trappings of the success. And I'm like, no, the success comes because you guys sell this thing that you do.
0: Mm. That is that is that's, that's deep, that's factual, and it is the kind of opposite of, in my opinion, what we've seen someone like LeBron James do over the last 20 years, which is a good segue for what we'll talk about next. Our good friend, NBA champion, Mike Malone. The baby, Jay. Now, I don't want to turn this into the Denver Nuggets or the NBA champion episode, but I do have to talk about head coach Mike Malone. I feel like people are starting to fall in love with him a little bit. I think he had a good, a good run this week as they, they won the NBA championship. He was hammered at the parade. He was emotional. He was talking crazy. You've seen a lot from him throughout the week. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I don't think I like him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put that out what? there. I, I don't think I like Mike Malone. All right. Now, I'm still trying to decide. I don't want to make that a final thing. So, Mike, if you're listening, don't take it personally. I'm just trying to decide for myself. This is what I do. I'm a long term decision maker. I I want to get all the, the factors in and do the research. Here's why I don't like Mike Malone. Here's why I think I don't like Mike Malone. There was a lot to be said about Mike's comments when they were playing LeBron James. Now, of course, I am a LeBron James fan. That is that is that is that is not a mystery. You know, But I do feel like I'm an, I'm an objective person. I understand. I'm the most self-deprecating person you'll ever meet because I understand what reality looks like. And through the playoff series when they were playing LeBron, Mike was pissed that LeBron was getting all the, this attention, right, when they were the ones playing so well. And I understood that because I've been in that situation. But then as it continued to go on, he continued to talk about it. Then the tuxedos got a little effed up. And that is a line from Step Brothers when they come in to do the interview. And it was funny at first. It was good. And then after a while, I was like, okay, now, now it seems a little messed up. And I'm trying to figure out, like, oh, well, man, why do you care? Is this a way to motivate your team? We had discussions on this podcast. Like, was this a, is this like a next-level coaching move to keep his guys up to make sure they had it, what it took to go to a distance against the Lakers? And I'm like, well, maybe that's it. That, that's, that's smart, if so. Because it started to get weird to be like, yeah, of course it's going to be about LeBron James. It's LeBron James. Like, it doesn't matter what's going on. It's always going to be about LeBron James. And you're just someone living in that world. We're all people just living in that world. I would say that even on this Journeyman podcast, we've probably talked about LeBron every single episode. Because it's basketball season and that's what you do. So, I mean, then there was the championship. And this is the moment where I made the decision. And he goes on the Pat McAfee show and he jokingly says oh yeah, I'd like to also announce that I might retire. And it was at that moment, I'm like, wait a minute. I don't like this guy, I don't think. And I need to figure out why. Because you can't say that you're mad everything is about LeBron. And then in your highest moment, when you've done it, you then make it about who, I mean? LeBron James.
1: I'm here for the jokes. I don't know what you're talking about. This is the thing. Every LeBron fan y'all can't take a joke man what really and so it's on me now oh, of course it's on and it's on him too LeBron with that caption you didn't like Who the LeBron are he talking about bro they took off the belt and they whooped their ass they did that and then they went on and won a the title
0: they get this the is call, why man. you won't be in the LeBron James last dance talk to me this, but go ahead uh, Continue. Man, this,
1: this is this is, <laughs> this is the time honored tradition I've always said this okay. in basketball regardless of what side of the equation I'm on when LeBron was in Cleveland the first time around, you, you as a lifelong LeBron fan, you as an Ohio yeah. person, right?
0: Person. You can say that. You don't know where you I'm don't going mind. with this. Go ahead.
1: When the Cavs, remember when they were with Mike Brown and they won 60 games and Danny Green was just a guy on the bench and uh-huh. all that stuff? Remember when they would be winning a home game by like 25 points? What mm-hmm. they would do? Do you remember what they would do? What
0: would they do with me?
1: They'd play Rick Astley. Never gonna give you, a, and then they would dance. Mm-hmm. They would dan- Danny Green was just known for dancing. No one knew this guy could defend or shoot threes or would become a a multiple time NBA champion and make a bunch of money. They just saw him as this young guy from young North dancing. Carolina. He was just ooh, an NBA ooh, young boy. Cavs are winning. Bring Danny up to start dancing, right? And I remember I was working in the league at the time, and people would say, "Oh, that's so unclassy." Oh, da, da, da. and you know what I said at the time? I uh-huh. said, "You don't like it? Beat him.
0: Mm. Danny
1: can't dance." Mm. You don't like it, beat him, Beat him, and then he can't dance. Every person in this sport, when they're up 40 and a guy goes up for a layup, and the guy gets mad and flagrantly fouls him, and then, that's not sportsmanlike. And I'm like, you don't like him making a layup when he's up 40? Don't lose by 40. Beat him. Mm-hmm. Then that layup is meaningless. So I say all this to say, you, LeBron fans, LeBron himself, you don't like Michael Malone? Uh uh-oh pointing out how ridiculous it was you talk about retirement after the series come on man we all knew (laughs) nobody in the world was like is lebron gonna retire we knew it was a cry for attention Mm. because that's what lebron does in these moments look at every playoffs when he's not in it the dude becomes very active on social media all of a sudden and not about the series it's not like wow what a great series oh man i can't believe they did that he's very active on social media talking about stuff that has nothing to do with the finals. Why? Because he's a very attention-driven person and that's all right and that's fine. But you going to get mad when they poke fun at you. You know what you can do, LeBron? Beat, beat him.
0: him. Mm. Go all beat right. him
1: and then he can't say those things.
0: I like that. I like that. I, I, that's a that's a hard take to argue. Now, I'm going to go a step deeper here. And I'm going to say, yes, LeBron fans can't take a joke, myself included. I I agree. I think he's great. I think he's awesome. I think all the things. But you got to admit a little bit that it is weird that he is so on Mike Malone's mind more than any other coach. And so that's when I started to look into it. I'm like, is there a past between these two? You know, because I am a LeBron fan, but I'm not a diehard. I tell you, I'm a casual NBA fan. I see the highlights. I watch the games I want. I go to the ones I want. I cheer for who I want to cheer for. And then I'm like, this is weird. It feels like you got there and you took a jab at someone you beat last series. And so I did the research, and I'm like, this is a basketball Marvel movie. Mike Malone is a villain. Here's why he's a villain. He's a villain that I think LeBron James might have created because Mike Malone was an assistant coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers from 2005 to 2010. And in one of Mike Malone's interviews, he said, I am a coach's son, when he talked about the way he approaches the game. Now, as an athlete, all my teammates know, whenever I hear a coach say I'm a coach's son, that tells me exactly who you are. You are, all the cliches you hear about a sport, you believe them. That is your religion. You've been raised on those principles. There is a way you think the game should be played and gone about that does not lend to any version of curiosity to say there's certain points and ways that the game should evolve and change, right? So as someone who's a coach's son, who coached LeBron James from 2005 to 2010, and then LeBron James makes a decision and he was no longer a Cavaliers coach, I'm like, is that the reason why he doesn't like LeBron? And then I looked into the comments that he's made. He's made some other slick comments about LeBron even well before this. Before you can say that if you don't like it, beat him, he's made some backhanded comments. And then I looked up the LeBron comments, and I seen a LeBron comment from LeBron. I'm like, whenever Mike Malone got fired from the Kings, he said, yo, Coach Moe is a great coach. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't know what to do with him, and he kind of showed him love on Twitter. To your point, LeBron is very active on Twitter when he wants to be. And then I looked up Malone's dad. I think it's Brendan Malone, Brendan who is also... Malone, yeah a head coach during LeBron's tenure with the Cavs. And so it was only for a little bit. He was an interim head coach. He came in as an assistant, I think, in 2004. 2005, their coach got fired. He became the interim head coach for the last 18 mm-hmm. games. He went 8-10, and 10, and then they got let go. But Mike Malone, who was also on that staff, stayed because his dad probably brought him into Cleveland. And I'm like, is this a situation where... LeBron didn't back up his dad as a head coach or something that then created this. And there is this kind of vendetta. There is a vendetta here. Uh, I mean, I am telling you, I is this basketball Illuminati type stuff. I feel like
1: we should be on your
0: podcast talking about this.
1: I love the Internet. I love TikTok and Instagram because y'all discover things that are like it's not there. So. It's not, not even not there, but it's also not a secret that Michael Malone was of an assistant not. coach. To a casual fan, though, it's, it is like we just, some,
0: we just unearthed some stuff right there, brother.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and him and LeBron had a great relationship. That wasn't a thing. Brendan Malone... Was the interim head coach, but he was a life a lifer assistant coach in this league. No yep. one looked at him in that stint in Cleveland and said, "This mm-hmm. is a guy who should take like I, Mike." Doesn't Mike knows the game in that way? He yeah, knows the game is the game. His dad was an assistant coach on the Bad Boys Pistons with Chuck Daly and those guys. Jordan Jordan Stoppers. Uh, yeah, so there you the go. Architect so, of the Jordan like, that's, Stopper. That's not a thing. Uh, Coach Malone and LeBron had a good relationship, as evidenced by what you said when he got let go. Mm -hmm. That's not a thing. I think this is just competition, man. And maybe, just maybe, Andrew Hawkins, Uh maybe you're just a millennial or a Gen
0: Z with
1: feelings. Oh, why is the man saying things about me? Man up. This is what we do out here, man. Our generation, me and Mike Malone's generation, (laughs) we talk trash, and we let you have it. And this is all war and competition. Oh, this all we're friends and AU. And this is my buddy. Let's play together. No, I'm that's right. I'm an old man now. Get off my lawn. Yo, (laughs) this is how we do things back in the 90s. We were trying to kill each other at all times. And you saw a guy that you knew from another team at dinner. You flipped this table, and kept walking. Oh, it doesn't matter that he was the godfather of your child, your firstborn. I don't care. <laughs> this is NBA basketball. It's the playoffs. Stop being. Oh, why is the man still talking about me? Because he beat your ass. That's why.
0: Oh man, that is a that is a get off my lawn take, man. I okay. So now me and LeBron are in our feelings. That's your take. I mean, that's what it is. We're just in Absolutely. our feelings. There's nothing there.
1: Yeah, and Coach Malone's drunk. That's the other <laughs> That's thing. The other. <laughs> like he, he said that at the parade, man. That man was. He had a blood alcohol content of 0. .75. Stop it, man. That actually, who among us hasn't gotten drunk and just started making jokes at random people who had nothing okay. to do with the situation?
0: Honestly, if you would have started your argument with that, we could have ended this segment six minutes ago. Because that of everything you said... <laughs> The thing that tracks the most with me is, hey, he was drunk. And I would have been like, yep, you're right. Moving on to the next topic. We've all been there. (laughs) All right. Well, while the Nuggets were winning the championship, so were the Golden Knights out in in Vegas. They beat the Florida Panthers, another local to Miami team, unfortunately. Another Um, ass whooping, by
1: the way. Yeah. (laughs) Another another one. Ooh,
0: that was a shellacking, too. But they brought 50 Cent out. And that. Made me think about good luck charms in sports because Fifty Cent, mm. you know, they're saying he could he be the anti Drake, right? Like where he shows up and <laughs> and championships get won, rings get got. You know what I'm saying? And I'm wondering, do you know of any good luck charms in sports that you're like, oh, this is something that I've heard and this is actually a thing? I actually feel like I'm a good luck charm in sports. I mean, I'll be honest with you, that you is a very for the Browns. Uh, yeah, that not uh, around sports. I can't be on the team. <laughs> If I'm on the team, your roster is at a deficit. But if I am around your squad, there's good stuff happening, and, and I will explain that. But do you know of any any good luck charms? Can you think of any?
1: When I worked in Phoenix, there was a guy named uh, Dr. Jesse. I can't remember Dr. Jesse's last name, but he was a trumpet player. Okay. And he was the guy that played the national anthem when the diamondbacks beat the yankees in game seven of the world series uh-huh. and so jerry colangelo like dubbed him the good luck Trump. so for Suns games for every big Suns game you knew it was going to be a huge game if dr jesse was Damn. playing the national anthem uh that's the main one i remember because okay. like we would see oh man they got dr jesse today that we, we're definitely he's a jazz <laughs> trumpetist so I don't even know if people know who he was, but like, he, that's he a good one. Sure was, yeah. That's a really but good one. I think one. other ones. Uh, Dan, Dan Gilbert's son, Nick Gilbert, who I believe passed away recently. Yep. Rest in peace. Going to the lottery was a good luck charm because he kept winning every yep. time he
0: went. That's true. I remember that one as well. So you said I was a bad luck charm in Cleveland. And here's yeah. why I'm, I think that's wrong. Because, well, first off, I was playing in Canada in 2009 and 10. And in the offseason, I, I hurt my ankle. And I had to go to Miami. I had to go to Miami to see a doctor. And the week I went to Miami, was the week of the decision for LeBron James. LeBron James decided he was leaving Cleveland as I was flying from Ohio to Miami at the same time, right? Hold that. Now, in 2014, after I played with the Bengals, I went and signed with the Cleveland Browns. And LeBron James was about to make a decision of where to go to next. And I tweeted out, just being funny, oh, LeBron James is going to sign a $60 million deal with the Cavaliers. And I sent like a, a, an article to an old tweet. This is like I'm new to the Browns. You would imagine yeah. Cleveland fans were pissed about that. So they were like cursing yeah. me, hoping I break ankles. The next day, LeBron announced he's going to the Cavs. Right? He came to yeah. Cleveland. Grass started growing. Businesses started opening back up downtown. Dude. It went from like Dude. the bad version of Pride Rock and the Lion King to like the, the color came back. It was crazy. Now, let me continue. In 2018, I moved after I retired from Cleveland – to LA in July of 2018. Where does LeBron go after I moved to LA? That week he announced he's going to the Lakers. Now there are championships being won at all these stops, I mean, follow me, right? Three weeks ago, I moved from Los Angeles to Miami. Who then comes to Miami, I mean, Messi. LeBron, oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the soccer version of LeBron
0: So I'm just saying, I'm not saying I'm the 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 the, the epicenter of sports. yeah I'm just not saying I'm not.
1: The, you're saying that they're not, they're not sending you away from the table, when you're exactly, around with someone else's plan. You know what I mean? One quick story about Cleveland. He's not lying, ladies and gentlemen. About That's a real Cleveland's part, right? <laughs> economy exploded. Because here's the thing: we went to uh Cleveland for the finals in 2015. And we were shooting something for ESPN. So we went to Joe Hayden, your, your teammate, yep, had boy. a sneaker store downtown, mm-hmm. right? So they were like, oh, come shoot something. I'm like, cool. So we went to the store and he was telling us this store was originally a hat store, like from the 50s or whatever. And it had been vacant. And the guy who owned the place was like desperate to get someone in there. So Joe signed this crazy lease for damn near next to nothing. And the owner agreed to renovate it to Joe's liking, right? <laughs> and literally after he signed the lease, a week later, LeBron signed. And <sighs> the dude was scrambling to like try to tear it up. And Joe's like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. This is this is mine and it's gonna be mine for this amount of time, for this amount of money, and you're gonna fix this place up. But it was crazy, that whole Euclid Fourth was- Street area it, just to explode with businesses and bars and restaurants and things like that. Look, I will never doubt the power of the LeBron James economy.
0: That if there was no other example, there is not one more powerful than that. Because I came on my visit to Cleveland, and I was like, man, it was rainy. It looked like you thought Cleveland. I'm like, this is there's like no Cleveland. businesses downtown. There was nobody down there. And in a matter of months from LeBron James coming in, I'm not kidding, the entire place woke back up. So again, thank you, and me for giving that shout out to LeBron James. We'll be back shortly. I mean, Michael Jordan is selling his stake in the Charlotte Hornets. (laughs) A lot has been said about his tenure as an owner in the NBA. Not a lot of said things were about them being good or him being good at it. What's your take on Michael Jordan as an owner? On
1: his tenure, I mean, I think the record speaks for itself. But does it, though?
0: Give me something nuanced, man. Give me the insider.
1: Nuanced? Nuanced is, hey, just because you're great at playing the game doesn't mean you're great at other parts of the game. Just like. Any other walk of life, it's amazing to me that people, you know, don't understand this. Just because you're the greatest salesman in a company doesn't mean you're also be- great at managing people. Yeah, right. Doesn't mean you're great at HR. Doesn't mean you're great at vision or strategy. It means you're really great at selling. Michael Jordan was a great basketball player, right? Yeah, a great scorer. Similarly, I don't think anyone would take Michael Jordan the best shot blocker in the league, right? Right. <laughs> just not like that's not not what he 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 does yeah so the idea that somehow because he's the greatest player he would be great at managing an an organization really because ownership really is about cutting a check and letting the people that you hire do their job Mm -hmm. like hiring the right people and letting them do their job and if you continuously hire the wrong person yeah whose fault is that That that's your fault if you continuously to keep meddling in the affairs of the people that you hired, whose fault is that? That's your fault. And so he wasn't a good owner in that regard. He's good at growing the game because Michael Jordan has the smell of success wafting off of him all the time. Yeah, he does. He's good at, at, at for the players you do have, having that kind of mentorship or whatever you want to call it. Like, they'll listen to him. But again... You name me the huge superstar free agent said, I'd love to play for Michael Jordan. It Didn't happen. Like <laughs> no. That's what that's what it's supposed to be, right? It's like oh, guys want to play for MJ because that's their favorite player. And it turns out no, you don't want to play for your dad. No, you don't. <laughs> you you want to create your own legacy. And so he is the NBA know, dad, isn't he? He got the dad. Yeah, that's what he every, is like he from is. a basketball standpoint. How many players could say I played the game because of him? I lo- I love the game because of him. He is their daddy in that way. But his biggest.
0: His biggest accomplishment as a as a as a NBA owner was that it birthed the uh, Jordan crying meme. Like that's how it started. Somebody put his his Hall of Fame crying his speech
1: Hall of Fame, yeah.
0: out there when they were talking about him as an owner, and that's how the whole meme. Is
1: that how it started? That's
0: how it started. I did a whole uh, meme history on it. Yes, that's wow. that's how the meme started. So that's his greatest accomplishment, which is a pretty big accomplishment, the Jordan crying meme. But I would say. My greatest. take is, and I love to hear your takes, of me, because you have, like, a purist kind of approach to, like, all these things. And I think I'm just so damn tainted because I never felt like Michael Jordan's goal was to win an NBA championship. I think he actually accomplished his goal, which was he bought it for $275 million and he sold it for $3 billion. Like, it Man. feels like that was Michael Jordan. Like, Michael Jordan doesn't give a damn about making anybody else an NBA champion except himself. This was a business move. Like this Uh, isn't, I feel like most owners are like they're playing rich people, fantasy basketball and fantasy football. And if you ask athletes what they think about fantasy sports, they don't give a damn. They don't, they don't care. It's a way to get paid. It's a way to grow the game. It's a way to put people. It's just not something that they truly care about. And I felt like that's Michael Jordan's approach to ownership. He's like, oh, I'm gonna buy this. It's an investment. And I'm gonna get the hell out whenever I feel like it's best to do so. And I'm gonna take my money and I'm gonna go play golf and not give a damn about anything else because through his tenure, it didn't seem like he cared anyway.
1: I feel like I'm gonna have to unload with the treasure trove of like I, I give I, it to you. I me. see you don't know who Michael Jordan is. I give so it to me. Who is Michael Jordan? Allow me to explain to you, right? Give so it to Michael me. Jordan. In his Hall of Fame speech, mm-hmm. uh, you're you know, you're allowed a certain number of people and you can buy more tickets, but he bought a bunch of tickets of people that he wanted in the crowd. There, there's <laughs> his mom, and there's his siblings, and there's his children, and there's uh his current wife, and there's Coach Collins and Coach So and so and Coach So and so, and here's this dude.
0: <laughs> I know where this is going. This is also a part knows of... who
1: this dude is. His name is Larry Such and Such, or whatever. His
0: tenth grade basketball. Michael coach. Jordan
1: in the middle of his speech says. And I, I look in the crowd and I see Larry such and such. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, Larry, they cut me to keep you on a sophomore te- <laughs> a sophomore year in high school. They cut me to keep you on a team. Yeah, look at me now. Look at you now. Right? So this is, that's one, right? Two is, there's a story from when he was in college. Him and I want to say, uh, Bus Peterson, mm-hmm. who currently works for the Hornets. Bus Peterson has been a coach. Uh, in college basketball played at North Carolina. Buzz Peterson and Michael Jordan were college roommates. Freshman roommates, right? And Buzz says to Michael one day, hey, you want to go play pool? And Michael says, I've never played pool before. Mm. So Buzz says, oh, come on, I'll, I'll show you, I'll teach you. And he teaches them how to play pool, the, the rules and the mechanics, whatever. and then they play. And of course, Buzz wins because Buzz plays pool and Michael Jordan just discovered this game today. Yep. Jordan is so angry that he doesn't talk to Buzz for two weeks. Now, mind you, Hawk, you've been a college athlete, right? yep. Are you taking a hundred different classes and you rarely see your teammates? Or do you guys typically take the same classes
0: uh, as freshmen? You're, you're pretty much, you're, you're around each other a lot. You're yeah. around
1: each other all the time. So first of all, they're roommates. Okay, right? but they're also teammates, so they see each other at practice. Mm-hmm. But they're also in a lot of the same classes, and they have like a study hall at the same time and meal time at the same time, all this stuff. He doesn't talk to him, doesn't say a word to him for two weeks. Then uh-huh. the two weeks, he says, "Hey, Buzz, you want to go play pool?" And Buzz like, "Oh, finally, the guy talks to me. I don't know what happened. Well, yeah, sure, Mike, let's go play pool." They go play pool, and Michael beats him. And it turns out he spent two weeks practicing how to play pool. <laughs> Just to beat this guy, because he's that maniacal of a competitor. Fast forward. He's playing for the Chicago Bulls. He shows up early one day, and if you get to an NBA arena early enough before the doors are open, you'll see the Game Ops people practice the different promotions they're going to do during the game. Now, mm-hmm. we've all seen the thing where it's like, here's three Bulls, and they're racing across the arena. Is it going to be the Red Bull, the Yellow Bull, or the Blue- Green Bull? And depending on which Bull wins... Uh-huh. This section wins free tacos or whatever, right? We've all seen, if you've been to a sports, any sporting event, even minor league, they always do this promotion. It's easy. It gets the crowd going, right? Yep. Michael sees this and says to the game ops guy, wait a second, you guys know who's going to win before the game? And they're like, yeah. Like, it's all predetermined. It's not random. He's like, can you tell me who wins? I'm like, yeah. The, today's the red one. I'm like, all right, cool. Fast forward in-game during the timeout. They're about to do the promotion. He bumped Scotty. He says, Scotty. I bet you a hundred bucks the red one's gonna win. That's
0: smart. Like, oh, man. you're
1: on, right? It's like, like I get, I get the field. It's like, yeah, and he wins, of course, because he knew it was gonna win, and then proceeds to do this for half the season, showing up early, finding out who's gonna win the thing, and then betting <laughs> Scotty during the timeout, cleaning up. This man is not normal. He's not like, I'm not not even saying, oh, like in a reverential way, like, yes, this is how winners are. Like, no, it's something that's chemical imbalance going on up there. You think this dude was like, I just want to make money on this. I'll get my ass beat and be a laughing stock every day. The man who practiced pool for two weeks and didn't talk to his roommate during <laughs> that time, the man who go bet for these things, the man who brought in some dude who hasn't heard from him in thirty-five years to his Hall of Fame acceptance speech, the man who told his children I would hate to be you.
0: I I like, I I meant it. Yeah, he you I, think he's
1: like, Oh, he's cool. I customer. think all I that is
0: fun. right. I'm not I'm not arguing any of that. I mean, this man is he's diabolical at times. I just feel like his game, his bet was not NBA championships. It was, can I flip this for $3 billion? Can I turn the Charlotte Hornets into a $3 billion franchise and get the hell out? I feel like that was his goal. And, yes, he yeah. does make everything about him. Everything is a competition. And I also feel like in some of those stories, there's probably some context there. It does suck to get cut from a high school basketball team and you got to walk around in the hallways and always. That wasn't his Larry, fault? It doesn't that matter. Wasn't a coach? Larry that was wasn't walking Larry around acting like a shit didn't stink. Yes, that has an effect on Michael. So, absolutely, I'm flying you out to my Hall of Fame speech. And I want all them mm. girls that were in the pool hall as well that day you whooped me, knowing I didn't know the rules in the game and you acted like you was on top of the world, give me two weeks and I'm inviting all of them back so they can see what it really is.
1: So so given what you just said there, does that sound like someone who plays the long con?
0: Yes, it does sound no, like does. someone who played yeah. the long it con. It sounds like someone con. Because at who some et- point, someone told Michael Jordan as a player that, well, no, that's not how it works because the owners are actually the ones in charge. And Michael Jordan said, I'm the one who's growing the game. I'm the one yeah. selling the records. They ain't coming to see Everyth- you, Otis. And he about became an owner dude, to sell it.
1: Everything about this dude is all about little picture winning right now. Okay, so tell me this. I mean, this is my last right
0: question now. for you. Uh-huh. In what Michael Jordan situation has he set out to be a competitor, to compete, to get his revenge? Has he stopped early or short of doing it?
1: Coming back with the Wizards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: playing baseball. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, should I keep going? Motorsports, like, motorsports. Like, motor like, he's like, dude, man, like, I'm telling you, this dude is not as complicated and, and like devious as you guys. Are. He's just a competitionaholic and he just goes and goes and goes. Man, I saw a video today of him in Hawaii or somewhere playing pickup ball with Tom Brady and some people. And as he's roasting some poor, unsuspecting kid, he says to the kid, <laughs> Ask your daddy to look me up on YouTube. Like, this isn't a man like with, like, a great, like, oh, you know, 30 years. No, man. He's playing for right now. He's going for right now. He's going for jugulars right here and
0: now. And the it's right now, for pres- me, is the $3 billion. We'll be right back. Yes, y'all. And we don't stop. All right, I mean, let's get to some quick hitters here, man. Let's start with Zion Williamson. There's been reports he's going to get traded. Ugh, this situation is so – it shouldn't be, but it's hilarious to me. I don't think what he's doing is that bad, and maybe that's more – <laughs> a representation of my personality than what the actual reality of it is. He's 22. He's doing what a 22-year-old with 200 million dollars would probably do with someone who didn't go to college and understand the gravity of a lot of the playing that he's doing. Uh that being said, it is what is the actual feel around Zion Williamson from a league perspective? Like are the are the Pelicans like this is it. We got to move him now. This guy is out here playing all kind of wild sex games. We got to get a new player.
1: This is edited so y'all can bleep this out. <laughs> Speaking of someone who's been in an NBA front office, I can say that if you are on the court, you are productive, you are helping us win games, I don't care who you <laughs> f- is- I don't care how messy it gets. I don't care if you got baby mama drama. As long as it doesn't come to work. Yep. As long as it doesn't come in like to our family room or to the games or whatever. If it's all online or all like, when you go out at night, whatever, don't get arrested. Don't do anything, you know, you know, bad like that 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 should get you arrested. And don't let it affect your work. Right. And other than that, we're all adults. Everyone's got home problems. That, these are your home problems. Deal with it. The problem with Zion is he hasn't been getting it done at work, mm. right, because of injuries. You've been putting and... work in the
0: wrong places. Yes, yeah,
1: exactly. Mm. It turns out that the bad knee does not stop you apparently from... <laughs> Doing something that's there, <laughs> you
0: could be creative as you could be on your
1: back, you could, yeah. You know, there's a way, right? there's so, ways
0: around, yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: So, the idea is that what makes him expendable now, if you want to use it, you're tradable, I guess is the better, better pronoun. He's not expendable, but he's tradable. Mm-hmm. Is the idea that, man, like, first of all, the team has shown an ability to be somewhat successful in your absence, mm-hmm. that means something, but two is. Dude, you never play I, i'm paying you hundreds of millions of dollars literally to wear that ugly turtleneck mm. that he had on in that one picture right yeah and
0: it was an ugly turtle you know,
1: that combined with like a lack of faith that look i don't know if the whole weight uh management regimen is getting through to him in terms mm-hmm. of his diet and stuff like that you know it, it's it makes it a lot easier to give up on than if he had been doing what he does when he does play which is 25-plus points per game, 60% shooting from the field, which is Hall of Fame-worthy numbers.
0: Is this diabolical? If he was
1: playing, n- none of this would matter.
0: Is this diabolical from, from Zion's team? Has this created a PR stunt to get him traded? Have you thought through that conspiracy? Th- I feel like for someone who hosts the show Basketball Illuminati, yeah, which we're all big fans of, why am I always the one coming up with the deep conspiracy theories, man? I feel like you got to follow man. me here.
1: Because you got a Fisher Price, my first conspiracy theory type of.
0: Oh yeah, uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing I'm doing basketball sorry, like, cons- conspiracy theories for dummies books. You're, <laughs> you're doing you're doing
1: remedial remedial stuff
0: here, man. Damn. Like we
1: out here, we're over here connecting dots and, and opening third eyes. I thought
0: my Mike Malone was a pretty good one, man. That, pulling that,
1: back curtains, no, man. You are doing TikTok stuff, man? It's like <laughs> it's like the TikTok people who said Bradley Beal got traded to Phoenix. Do you know who Bradley Beal's agent is? Do you know who Phoenix's CEO is? Why, like, why? Why is
0: that? that? Dang man, you told me you just called me the LLC Twitter of uh, basketball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A basketball start, Illuminati.
1: Instead, instead of spending five hundred dollars on drinks at the club, you start an LLC. Get your LLC you going,
0: name. and then now you got the business. Okay, so it's not a conspiracy now, theory. Passive income. <laughs> All right, well then, give me this question then, since my conspiracies are trash. At this point, does it make more sense for Zion Williamson to lean in to what he's doing and then leaning out? Like, why not release the sex tape? Does that? I don't I, think it hurts him in 2023. Look, I think it probably actually helps him. I'm just gonna put that Ray out J, there.
1: Ray J went from Brandy's brother to a star on a reality star.
0: show. His songs are doing
1: numbers. Everything. Look, man. Everything has t- in history has taught us the sex tape only makes you blow up. More. It only helps. Uh, If I was Zion, the problem is Zion's image is wholesome, family-friendly. I believe he comes from a very religious family. Okay. So it's kind of like Dwight Howard when he was coming out. It's a little bit like Kobe when he came out. It's all about wholesome. This is for the kids. And, of course, because he's a kid. Like He came to the league when he was 19. He's 22 now or about to be 23. He's young, right? But let me tell you this, man. Zion, whenever you're ready to do away with that family-friendly image.
0: There's opportunity there. Come to
1: death row, man. Come to I, death row. I can help row. you cultivate this. We'll have you hosting the AVNs in no time.
0: Oh my gosh. What are what are the Google cities? What are the cities that would be the best places for Zion Williamson to go to if he was to lean in to this version? Because as 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 Coogs in the rundown puts, Zion Williamson actually is a pretty good porn star name. I'm just gonna put that out there. It fits.
1: No, 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 no.
0: That's a good Zion name. Jackson. Zion
1: Jackson. That's a porn star name. Zion Williamson.
0: Mr. Zion Jackson. All right, what yeah. cities? Vegas, as as they spin Vegas, up their team.
1: Summer League. He could, be the, no, he could
0: be the franchise player for the Vegas.
1: No, 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 no. Again, open it up, Hawk. Open it Come up. On, okay, man. think you, deep, you, Hawk. You, Damn it. Yeah. you going pie in the sky. Vegas gets a team, maybe one. No.
0: Go now. Summer
1: League is in two weeks. <laughs> Zion, see you there. Say, hey, Pelicans. I'm doing my rehab stint. I'm playing. <laughs> that's how you do it. Don't waste time waiting. Go right into it. Why now? Out where else you're gonna go? LA, but while everybody else lives in like Malibu or, or Manhattan Beach or whatever. No, no, you say I'm going to Van Nuys. I'm going to the porn capital of the world. I'm living <laughs> right there across from vivid entertainment, right I, off that freeway. What is it? The one oh one? That's in Burbank, it right ain't it? It's
0: right there on the big, big. Is you can't Burbank? you can't miss Maybe it. It might it be is. Burbank.
1: Okay, there you go. Then Here's another one for you. Give it to oh me. Oh my God. Miami, Florida. Our oh, teammate, man. Tom Habistro, who used to live in Miami Beach, lived in this beautiful condo building. The building right next door. I'll never forget this. The first time I visited Tom at his building. I said, this is amazing. And he points at that other building. You know what that is? I said, What's that? He said, That's the Bang Bros building. <laughs> oh, right my there. Gosh. That that balcony right there, that famous balcony where you see everything and God's creation in South Florida, right? That's the building when they make it happen. I was like, oh my God. That's I staked out that building for like three days. Zion, I'm telling you, I got I got realtors down there. We could get you in that building in no time, baby.
0: No way Zion doesn't man. know what the inside of that building already looks like from memory. <laughs> what about Houston? What about him and James Harden Whoa. going to Houston together?
1: Houston. Houston's good, but Houston, I kind of feel like Houston, it, you know, I, I need to get him in situations where I think it's a little bit kind of more organized. Houston great but uh-huh. zion seems a little green i think if you're dropping off in houston man they'll end up kind of getting in trouble and yeah stuff, get and maybe in trouble man fleeced out of some money i know uh commissioner silver's talking about expansion he's been talking about london they talked about paris talked about mexico city uh-huh. hey commish how about this medellin colombia just oh, wow. out there make nah, zion man. <laughs> make Zion the face of the franchise. You'll grow the game on the continent. I
0: guarantee it. How come you can go expansion, but when I go expansion, I'm LLC Twitter. When I say Vegas expansion team, Vegas. I'm LLC Twitter, but yeah, this deep level thinking potatoes. just put us in Colombia.
1: You got You got to be ambitious This one thing I, I learned. You got to be ambitious. You got to be super ambitious. You can't be like, oh, you know, humbly can't, ambitious. Yeah, you you got to go crazy, man.
0: All right. Well, speaking of ridiculous things, man, FTX crypto, coinbase, crypto.com, arena, all these like cryptocurrency companies, mm-hmm. they're struggling. They're naming they, they were naming, they were things were flying sky high. There were players taking salary in the form of cryptocurrency and it was looking great at the time. Right now, it ain't looking so good. I mean, what is, what is your mm-hmm. what is your take on the kind of up and down nature of some of these, you know, hot ticket investments and ways of of currency in life are you what, what are your thoughts now, from a sports perspective because it's affected everything
1: oh I'm, I'm gonna tell you i am I'm, I'm a man of simple humble means i'm not like you or other people have made yeah. lots of money and have a lot of decisions on what to do with that money but so said i money. can only say this when someone says you should invest in this mm-hmm. i have a very simple rule all right explain it to me okay if you explain it to me it makes us like so, hey like, hey, I I, uh, I just invented this uh, spray. If you spray it on poop, it disappears. You get that. Okay. All right. Like, that makes sense. People, there's poop everywhere. You spray it. It's, like, you could sell it to zoos. You could sell it to people who have dogs. Yeah. You could sell it to, you know, like- Is that a real the, product? applications are endless no it's not okay Okay, damn there you go plug me. is that a real plug me i mean that's what i was
0: about to say i'm in Saw the value
1: proposition Uh and you're like all right let's do this because i could see how my money grows if someone says hey hawk buy this apartment building why well they're building a light rail next nearby and pretty soon kids from the university are going to live here and commute down there and so henceforth these uh, units are going to go they're going to be able to rent them and make a lot of money okay that makes sense When someone says, hey, buy this cryptocurrency. What's cryptocurrency? Well, it's like money, but it's not money. Instead of the government, it's some dudes at the server farm. Okay. (laughs) And so why should I buy it? Because it's going to be worth something someday. Why? Because they only make so much of it. Okay, but what if they make more? That's not a problem. None of this makes sense. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm just buying stuff. I'm, it's not a stock. It's not real estate. It's not tied to anything. It's literally just tied to some b- bros with a computer server farm. Man. It made no sense. Mm. But a lot of people went along with it and said, Oh, I mean, you're missing out. You're going to sit on the ground floor. Da, da, da. And some people made a lot of money and they kept their money in that thing that they knew didn't make any sense here they are
0: and here we are and time will tell where we go next so I'm told in this episode
1: time told past
0: tense past tense you're not even giving it a chance well in this episode we've pissed off uh, LeBron fan Twitter we've pissed off LLC Twitter and now we have crypto Twitter on our ass too well that does it for this episode of Journeyman thank you to the DraftKings Network Metalog Media and our guy Amin El Hassan that's it make sure you journey back next week same time same place until then gotta remind yourself nobody built like you to design yourself